0: Hey, you're listening to when Wow, that was funny, you whipped your head around and I was like, hey, boomy. You... <laughs> <Who, me? laughs> hey, you're listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan. With me this week is my special guest, Carlos. Hey everyone. And today we are talking about this book is anti-racist. Always a hitch at the start of a live episode. I'd so say that went pretty well. It did go pretty well. I, I had I had all of the music stuff set up and ready to go, uh, and then it all kind of disappeared. Like all of the setup <laughs> went because we had to reload our webpage oh, right, because yes. we, picked up, we, we plugged in. Uh, we've got wireless earbuds connected so that if someone calls, we can both hear the callers. And then we were still only using the one microphone, but as soon as I connected the earbuds, it changed the microphone to the earbud microphone in the program. And then we had to like switch it back and do some page reloads. When I did the page reloads, the music was no longer queued up. So even though I was able to play it and get it playing by default on the Podbean live app, it plays at low volume rather than high volume. Cause I guess they expect you're going to want to like have like music playing softly underneath your show. Whereas we're actually just playing a, a big, we want to have a loud intro song and then it's right
1: in your ear, just yeah. radio silence after that. That's new. The, uh, I see they've got like a turn off the loop feature though. Yes, yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> or maybe I just didn't
0: see that the I last think time I did. I lie. think it's always been there and I <laughs> oh, think I've always just missed it. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think, I think I have used it once because yeah, otherwise there's been many times that I've started it <laughs> live and like, Hey, how's it going? And then you start talking and then the music starts. Yeah. Again. You have to madly rush to turn it off. And, and the problem with the live show is that there's very little editing that you can really do, and I guess technically I could cut that out, but it's, I don't know. That's no, that's I feel like it's part of live. the brand. I feel like it's yeah. honor. Got to show everything. Embrace right. your mistakes.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, all right it's, um it's been it's monday i was gonna say it's been a week but it's monday it's been a it's been oh a week gosh, of a monday a, yeah. though wow uh, yeah work was a little crazy today but um... yeah here uh here in bc uh if if you
0: happen to be listening and and we're affected by the torrential downpours and, and flooding in parts of the province today you know uh our thoughts are with you and we we'll hope you're safe and if, even if you're not listening, we still hope you're safe. Yeah, uh, just, <laughs> yeah. The point is that you won't actually you won't hear, hear that. that we so, hope that you're safe. But so. We do. We hope you're. Hope everyone out there is safe and taken care of and and warm and having a nice glass of rum and eggnog like we are right now. Yes, we. Uh, yeah, we've officially
1: day. got into some Christmas drink. Yep. Yeah. So we got the rum and spiced eggnog. Uh, or sorry, some eggnog rum. and spiced rum uh and we a very, i
0: don't know if it's the eggnog that's cutting it a little bit but it doesn't
1: taste spicy i this is a devil so maybe it's just yeah that creamy goodness is maybe yeah of maybe I'm not that's, tasting a lot that's of, not the correct ratio maybe it's not i know and uh, I, mean, and
0: I am tasting the rum just not so much the spice and i wonder yeah. whether or not like like i think kraken is a really good rum yeah or, like, yeah that's a good one this one's just it's Captain um, morgan yeah Captain morgan whatever. so
1: nothing but too it might crazy. be the wrong ratio too i don't know Maybe, yeah maybe it should have been a quadruple shot yeah. to, but uh yeah cheers cheers to you yeah and to all of you out there like right now in in the
0: big old crazy world that's a, seems to be either on fire or, <laughs> or filled with water
1: yeah. i found uh so um at work we have like this um chat channel between the team that we all kind of like a messenger thing and they have a little um He can post the gifts of whatever in the chat. And so when people were posting about the floods and how they were like washing out the roads and stuff, it wasn't quite as bad as people being evacuated yet, but I found that uh, this is fine or everything is fine. A little dog, but it was like flooding. Oh, nice. (laughs) So I was like, this seems appropriate. Yeah. Everything's fine. Well, you just,
0: you got to save both versions of that gift. Yeah. You've got one for for either either. season, it seems these days. Yeah. I saw somebody post. I think it was on on Twitter. It was like, here in BC, there are only two seasons: one, everything's on fire, or Noah's Ark. <laughs> yeah. So, and that that seems uh, relevant. Uh, we have a Vamna JCQU uh, in the studio. Hello, Vamna JCQU. Not sure how to pronounce that exactly. Welcome to the show, though. Um yeah so we're here to talk about well i planned this this my introduction to the subject which was uh i'm here to chew bubble gum and talk about racism and not out of bubble gum but i didn't bring enough for everybody so i i can't have it right now so we'll just have to talk about racism
1: oh okay (laughs) did did you
0: get my reference there at all no (laughs) okay sorry <laughs> it from there's a dual reference. There is like the there is an old saying of like I'm here to
1: kick ass and chew bubblegum. Okay, gum. I got that's and I'm oh, all yeah. of bubblegum is normally the way it goes. What? But then he also, what is that the actual way it goes? I don't ever remember hearing anything about bubblegum from that. So I thought I heard it. Oh, how did you think it went? Like take names and kick ass or something? Oh, kicking ass and taking names is also a thing. Yeah, but I don't care about your name or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought I've never heard the bubblegum one. Yeah,
0: I'm hearing a kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Yes, I I did kind of get that. I
0: decided to go with the whole like, you know, when you're in school and and you try to have like a treat or something and, and the teacher's like, did you bring enough for everyone? ah yes right? okay. so that was the the. all right where i was going with the I, i'm not out of bubblegum exactly but i didn't bring enough for everyone and so i have to wait until so later to chew it and so yeah. the talking about racism is what we we'll do <laughs> okay. first. okay uh specifically we're going to talk about the book this book is anti-racist which is uh it's kind of right there in the title it's it's an anti-racist book yeah very appropriately and and basically in a nutshell it's it's Pushing the message or, or trying to, uh, I don't want to say pushing the message because that makes it sound a bit more propaganda-y, but it's it the message it has is that it's not sufficient to just be not racist. So just going along, living your life and not being racist is not enough at this point. We, we need to be actively anti-racist. Mm-hmm we need to be pushing back against racism wherever whenever we can
1: um and it had they had um well the the author gives some pretty good examples of how to you know use your you know she has, calls it superpowers um to kind of combat racism and i guess inform people on any wrongs that they have have made and correct their their racist ways um and it's it's well written in the sense of it's good for kids to pick up on this uh in a somewhat lighthearted not so serious way of a serious subject uh but it was also good for us like as adults to to read this and and also get those messages and just be aware of Things that we may be doing as you know, two white males that yeah. we may not be meaning to come across as racist or or uh, propagate the you know racism in society, but we with our microaggressions that I don't know that could be contributing to it. So it's just a good good thinker.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think too, like it, it's it's uh, you know, but the first half of the book talks about just sort of being aware of. Uh, your identity your history um and, and things like your superpowers which are in a way like the things that you can do that are unique to you in sort of the fight against racism um and then the second half of the book does look more at uh, at ways to take action when to take action uh ensuring uh, to talk about things too like when is it uh safe to take action because we all come from different backgrounds We all have different levels of privilege, and not all of us are always able to push against racism in the same way. Um, And so, it's it's important to be cognizant of where your limitations might be. You know, they talk about the difference between calling someone out and calling someone in. So, like whether or not you want to point out someone's you know uh, racism, maybe in a public setting, or whether you want to do it more privately. Um, That's something that you might you know. decide based on your level of privilege, based on your level of comfort, all kinds of things. And so it is important in that conversation to remember that, yeah, not everyone is going to be able to engage with this at the same degree, at the same level, but I think everyone can find a way to participate. Mm -hmm. And so for myself, um, one of the things that has come up recently for me, there's... um, uh, hello, uh, uh, Quip was bad. Quip was bad. You guys like creating user accounts with random letters. Quip <laughs> was bad. Um, welcome to the chat, though. Um, I saw in the last couple of weeks there's been a bunch of posts I've seen on Facebook shared by people, predominantly uh, white people. Uh, these letters from supposedly Native people basically saying, look, residential schools weren't that bad. I was there. I experienced it. All of the colonizers were great. I got my first uh, vaccine from the colonizers, and they brought science to us, and it was awesome and everything else. And, And I finally, after seeing about three or four posts like this, I commented on one just to say, like, it's very entertaining to see just how many white people there are sharing these anecdotes that uh uh residential schools weren't that bad because quite frankly even if that was the case and i don't think it was for the predominant of cases but even if it was that's i don't think that would be our as 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 white people that's not us to say it's it's not our we weren't our children weren't the ones at those schools uh you know or or i guess At this point in time, our mothers and our our grandmothers and grandfathers and fathers weren't the ones at those schools. So it's not really our place to to try to argue that they were okay places. Beyond that, most of these posts, uh, even if they're signed by somebody, you try to Google that person. Well, there's no evidence that person ever existed. (laughs) They didn't have Facebook back then. Well, no, but like, so like you can't even find a source for the letter outside of the shared Facebook post, right? Like there was the one letter I was that I looked at and I, I tried to find another copy of was pasted uh, somewhere else as a, a, a either a page on somebody's website It's like, I had this letter passed to me and I thought I would post it on my website. It's like, well, where's the source though? Like, yeah, I mean, how do we, how we, can we more. trust this? Yeah. And
1: then there was That's another true.
0: one that you couldn't even find an original source for besides it was posted in a comment section of an article. Oh, and so it's like somebody it it feels very much like these are invented letters (laughs) to just kind of, you know, ease the consciences of of the people that don't want to acknowledge the horrible things that were done. And so they can just ignore it and get back to their lives. And
1: as if nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, it um, I can't remember if it was during this book um or if it was just a conversation that we were having um where was my thought going it was about oh gosh that train just got derailed i lost it okay it'll come back to me because i was thinking about it as you were talking
0: yeah um but yeah i think it's i think it's a good book um for for kids to read uh probably starting around 10 or 11. Uh, and I think it's absolutely a good book for for kids to read with their parents, if that's possible. I, I could imagine it being challenging where you might have a kid that is growing up in a family that has parents that are maybe racist or have racist mm-hmm. attitudes, and they, they've, they know enough to know that that's not cool, and this book is help, helping them understand more about why that's not cool, but also that it might not be comfortable for them to go to their parent and say like, Mm -hmm. mom and dad would you read this with me because i think you could probably learn something from this too or you know even less confrontational than that um but i think if you can either way whether it's a child who finds this book and and can share it with a parent or a parent who has heard about this book and and wants to try to share it with their child i think it's
1: a great read for like both for any generation I think this would be a great read, just like a bedtime story with, you know, the parent and the child together to just go over it together, do kind of like a, like a little group thing, right? Like, yeah, I don't know about a bedtime story. No, well, not like not at bedtime, but like a yeah. you know you kind of work on it together, right? Usually, it's like you want to have a nice happy ending at a bedtime story, so you can like tuck your kids to sleep without having horrible nightmares kids, so about the racists only, everywhere. <laughs> the only reference I have to parents reading with their kids together is usually at bedtime, so maybe not at bedtime as right, a bedtime right. story, but done in a way where you know you're reading it together. Yeah, maybe after dinner, it's almost <laughs> yeah like,
0: that sure. was like a homework assignment, but not homework. So maybe you do it on like a Sunday. Yeah. after dinner mm-hmm. before bed and it's like hey it's time to work on our anti-racism again <laughs> yeah which again i mean it might sound silly but I, I think it is something that does need to be kind of actively thought about uh because the idea is that it's an active thing it's not being not racist is very easy to be a passive about right as long as you're not running around saying the n-word and and uh other words and you know (laughs) judging people based on the color of your skin you're being not racist but being anti-racist is an active thing you do have to step forward and step out and speak
1: and Um, i think it's it would make people more comfortable in doing that if they were if they learned about it at an earlier age mm -hmm. you know and learned that when someone says a certain thing that that's wrong and they shouldn't just be able to just go on with their day like it should just have that conversation call them out call them in and say like hey what you said was not right i'm not sure if you're aware of this but you know and then have that educational piece to it It doesn't have to be like right now we're we're in a time where council culture is huge um and someone says the wrong thing and immediately it goes to we need to shut them down take them off of everything yeah When, yeah, sure. There's probably a lot of people who do it. By the way, like, practically never happens. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But like, there's, there's, there are. You know, growing up, there are a lot of people who just genuinely don't know what they're saying is maybe a microaggression. It may be taking someone down, and they they're just not educated in that. They don't know. So instead of yelling at them or making them feel like the enemy, a better approach would be to educate them yeah. in why saying the word you said that slang word or whatever is not proper. And I think you would have people more open and willing to change their ways than if you just have, you know, a group of warriors that are just yelling at at somebody because they said something wrong. And then they're like, well, I didn't even know. And then they get their back against the wall because they're like, I didn't do it on purpose. But then they start hating the people that or you getting mad at them. Yeah. I don't know, it's just a vicious cycle that education is better than yelling.
0: And I think and something else that comes from when you push back or, or speak out, or you know, however it is that you are able to act. Um if it's done publicly or in some kind of a public setting, which by the way, it does not always have to be. But if it can be done that way, I do think it can help encourage other people to also be less afraid. To speak out and mm-hmm. speak up and and take action because sometimes yeah you know if if you're in a situation where maybe your your boss tells a like a racist joke or even a homophobic joke or something like that and you know you might be thinking like well it's not okay but everybody else laughed so like do yeah. I want to be the one who is gonna like stand out here and yeah. maybe everyone's gonna laugh at me because I I, I don't agree with this. There's probably other people there that are on your side, and they're they're maybe even like more scared than you to speak up because they're actively trying to um you know camouflage themselves by mm-hmm. laughing, yeah, and so I think the more that like we can in you know encourage ourselves to speak up, that in itself becomes an encouragement for other people to speak up, which is obviously a net good as well.
1: And then in the book, there was, I think we talked about it in the episode or one of the episodes, but in the book, um, the author mentions that, you know, she stood up against somebody, she called somebody out and it didn't, you know, at the time she was nervous or scared, didn't think it it went across well, or the person didn't receive it well. But then she realized that everyone else in the room who was, like you said, too afraid to say something or was just kind of standing back she saw that they got something out of it realizing like okay yeah somebody is standing up for us kind of thing like those those uh global minorities as she calls them or global majorities sorry um yeah so i don't know sometimes it's not so much for the you're not doing it for the person to learn but you're doing it for the other people to show them like hey you've got allies around here like don't be afraid kind of thing so That was kind of cool. I like that part in that book. Um, The one
0: thing I did want to talk about today, which I think is something that we didn't talk about uh, during the individual episodes when we were covering the book. And I think it is touched on briefly in the book, but it's the question of whether or not um, white people can experience racism. Because I think this is a very, it's a complicated subject. There's a lot of people who have a lot of very passionate, Uh, opinions about it um
1: would you like to share your opinion i i think anyone can experience it i think it's less likely for a white person to experience it in the western societies um but yeah i guess i don't know i guess that's like like racism is it's against any race. It's not like it's it's a you know a certain race is is only going to have racism affected. But yeah, yeah. So I think any any race can be affected by it, but the white people seem to be the ones who are have made these societal rules, and uh, they seem to get away with without being as affected uh, in the majority of their life. And I think it's it's only now that people are calling out. All these racist ways that um, the, the racist things that the the white people have implemented in society that now you're you're starting to see a little bit of racist uh, racism against white people from those global majorities probably fighting back yeah um I don't know. That's, kind of, I guess, my take on it. So I think, so for me, uh, and by the way, we had a couple more
0: uh, guests join the live studio. Welcome Dave Colmine and 100 Yard Alchemist to the chat. You guys are having a, uh, a good day out there. Um, I think, and it, it is essentially kind of a semantic argument, but what I've seen, and I think this is sort of what the book proposes, is that um, basically capital R racism cannot be, at least in North America, is not going to be experienced by white people. Um, Now, there are people that can be prejudiced against you because of your color. But I think what the book argues and what most of the people saying that white people can experience racism is that there is so much more than just a prejudicial attitude that comes packaged in racism. It's the whole history of it it's the fact that when you are uh, when you are racist to um a member of the global majority it's not it's it's steeped in tradition it's steeped in their history it's steeped in the fact that you know maybe their ancestors were dragged here kicking and screaming on a boat hundreds of years ago to be slaves it's not just there's there's so much history packed into even just the n-word that it's, it's not even in the same ballpark as if, you know, a black person to come up to us and call us honkies because like, I wouldn't even mm-hmm. care, you know, and that's intended as a slur, but I'd just be like, all right, whatever.
1: Yeah. But I, with your argument of like, I don't care, like just cause it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it doesn't affect other people. So even with the n-word, you know with some black people trying to reclaim it and being like yeah it doesn't affect me whatever i don't care still makes it a, a like a derogatory word i get your your where you're going with like there is more of a well, impact yeah no but with what i'm saying though, is it.
0: but even there you have a difference between uh a, a black person saying the n word to another black person and and me as a white person uh saying it to another to a black person those are two entirely different uses of the word
1: yeah, but I, just because you, as like yourself, um, have a lesser value of whatever the white slur that they're using towards you, it still is a, like a not a good thing to say. Okay, that's fair, right? But even if it's not a good thing to say, it doesn't
0: come steeped in the same kind of. History I know I'm not arguing racism.
1: that it's they're they're of equal value. Okay, okay. but I'm just saying like your argument of like it doesn't matter to me so. It's not bad. Like no, it's, no, no, it's just not, somebody yeah, else. No, it I, could I, have more of a, an impact, right? Because of their past. Yeah. Um, so either way, I don't think we should be calling people whatever honkies or uh, crackers. crackers yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't think we should be using those. Uh, you know, any word that has a some sort of derogatory meaning to it. Yeah. But I get where you're you're coming from. Where there is so much history behind the N word versus any other. Well, it's
0: not slang just slang for it's white. Even like not
1: even just the N word. It's it's like.
0: Yeah, just racist yeah.
1: attitudes. Yeah, in general, you know. Um, now that I see that there is some little bit of conversation in the chat, do we want to mention that we are taking calls? Are we taking calls? I don't know.
0: Oh, we are taking calls. Sultan yeah, if anyone white, just like me, <laughs>
1: good one, Dave. Um, yeah,
0: we are open for calls, and we're at a at a good point in the show to start taking some. If anyone wants to call in, and yeah, if anyone um, has their
1: uh, to say on uh, yeah on whether. Um, just a white reminder
0: people. that you do need to be listening on the Podbean app on your phone. So if you're interested in calling, hopefully you are or can quickly switch over to that and you will need to have um, like a earbuds or, or
1: some sort of thing plugged into your so phone. There's no feedback. Yeah. Um, so, but, okay. You had mentioned though that, yeah. And I kind of touched on it too. I'm like Western society. You can't, it's really hard to be racist towards a white person because we're, like the ones that are being the racist, but where the massive do, colonizers you, yeah, everywhere. do you do you feel that in other countries where um uh, white people wouldn't be the majority uh, or their society views haven't been imposed on that culture yet, do you feel like there it's possible possibly
0: but i think um i i i i don't know like i I know that like you know white people. Um, you know, colonized much of Africa and they have been in charge in much of Africa for, you know, a very long time. And so even though we stop and think about Africa as being a black nation, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, you know, you're not finding a lot of white people in Africa who are experiencing racism. Um, Possibly uh, like the Middle East, possibly in, in countries like, you know, where there's a very, very strong, um, Muslim presence, I can mm. maybe see um, white Christians being on or, or any Christians, I guess, but yeah. particularly white Christians being more on the uh, the receiving end of racism, but <clears throat> I guess that might be more of a of a religious issue than a color one because I think, yeah, you would probably have an easier time getting along there as a white Muslim than even um, a brown, Christian, do you know who should declare this topic? I don't know what that question means, Dave. Do you want to call in and clarify? What did he say? Who sh- Do you know who should declare this topic? Oh, I'm not quite sure what he... Debate, oh, who should debate this topic? Tell us if you have an idea who should debate this topic. Don't leave us sitting here waiting to hear your answer. <laughs>
1: He's genuinely or do questioning us. Say- <laughs>
0: Are you wondering if we know who should debate this topic?
1: going <laughs> to be like not two white guys not two white guys <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well that happens to be what's going on um and it it's the conversation that we're having
1: today so uh, well on that though so in um in the i think the last episode of this book um we had mentioned that the author says like pe- we shouldn't be looking to save uh, any of the global majority, you know, as whoever we are, whether you're white or a person of color, like we shouldn't be looking to save these people. It just should be that we are trying to do our part in a world to eliminate racism, right. To be anti-racist. And in turn, that should help everyone grow into a world that is just welcoming of all. So, yeah, I mean, if if we weren't even though we're two cis white males you know if we were to just be quiet and not talk about this um i don't know that almost is just only being anti or um what's it only non-racist
0: i think too like we were from from the get-go i think we were pretty clear about the idea that you know we were coming into this as two cis white guys who are just looking to have more information At our fingertips uh, Mm -hmm. in in the interest of hopefully, um, you know, being more cognizant of our own behaviors, being cognizant of other behaviors, maybe feeling more inspired to speak out when we do see racism happening. Uh, And I mean, I would say if there's if there's one aspect of racism that a couple of white people could talk about, it's whether or not white people can experience racism, because that's, you know, we're the white people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the white people. You represent i You represent all of I yes. represent, I <laughs> oh, represent. fancy out. there. Yeah. yeah. I represent all of the white people. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, this is, this is, this is a podcast where we've maybe not been, you know, we're, we're too, well, it hasn't always been you, but <laughs> like your guest starring in that. the past, uh, you know, we've been white people, cis white people talking about like women's fertility rights. Uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, um, you know, uh, all kinds of topics that really aren't ours to talk about. But I, I, you know, my my goal is always to just try to be better informed about these subjects, and uh, and using these these books as a way to uh, try to be better informed. Although sometimes we just like watch something like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre,
1: and you're not really learning anything except that it has less blood in it that you probably think it does. But then even just going back to what the author wrote in the book about superpowers, like what are your superpowers? How can you use them? And if one of our superpowers is we've got a platform that we can have this discussion and hopefully open up someone's mind a little bit uh, with our, our debate, then I think that's a good use of our superpower. Also, also very true. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, my take on it. Yeah. So shut up, Dave. What do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Dave. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, reaching out for callers again, because I think, oh, Oh. all mine wants to call in, invite them as a speaker.
1: Oh, oh, and then he's gone. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He accidentally butt dialed us. Did you butt dial us, Dave? I'm inviting you as a
0: speaker. Do I have to invite you? Is this something new? No, that's weird.
1: Hello, angry old oh, man podcast. There you go. Hey, Dave. Hey.
2: Now, Lisa. What the hell do I know? I was like, well, I got to respond to that. But
0: I can't. I can't, hear you, I can't hear you, man. You're very quiet.
2: Answer is, I don't know shit about this stuff. It honestly makes me a little uncomfortable to hear white dudes talking about and uh, these topics. And I appreciate. Uh, You guys advocating for having a perspective. uh, I I, uh, want to learn, you know, I'm happy to
0: learn. Yeah. And I think like, I I agree. Like we definitely shouldn't be. And at no point are we, I think, trying to present ourselves as an authority on this. We're filtering, um, like reading through this book was an attempt for me to, like I said, better educate myself and, and try to be a better person. And, and so what I'm trying to do at this point is sort of filter some of that in this conversation to maybe, um, help other people achieve the same thing, I guess.
2: Cool. Well, I'm glad I brought it up because I think it's worth acknowledging,
1: right? Just oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. Really no, this.
2: And I, I joined late as well, if that wasn't already said. But yeah, it's great to hear you both chatting. Uh, Todd, am I going to be on the next podcast? Is that what's going on here?
0: Yes, it is. We should, we could talk about that right now. Yeah. Uh, Dave is going to be uh, the next uh, Band Things guest and we are going to be covering a book you probably haven't heard of. Uh, it's called of mice and men. Oh, that little you known have book.
2: Heard yeah. of
0: it, right. This is sarcasm. That was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little, known, little known. I've had little a known, of whispers, one of the best books, one me. of the best known books of all time. Hmm? Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, this
2: <laughs> for some reason was on a bunch of, uh, um, banned lists and I've never read it. I think, There's a movie that I've watched at some point in time, but is a little foggy as well. So um, I'm sure I'll gain a lot of perspective from reading it, and I'm excited to discuss it. I'm
0: probably going to start reading that today. Bravo, yeah. Um, I I know there's been at least... I think there's been a couple of movies. Most recently, I believe, uh, John Malkovich and Gary Sinise, maybe. Um, And I've never read this. Uh, I did read... I think the grapes of wrath by the same author in, in high school, but I don't remember that at all. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've not read this. I only know a very little bit about it and don't know much about why it was, it has been banned or challenged. So again, always interesting to like dig into, you know, a classic piece of literature on, on this show, as we've done with some books in the past and, you know, remove some of my literary blinders, um, before I, pass on from this world, you know, get some of these classic books because I can't read – I shouldn't read trash all the time, right?
2: Exactly. No, exactly that. And uh, same for me, right? I've heard of this many a time, don't have a lot of context. Excited for the read. Excited to be on your podcast.
0: Very excited to have you as well. So, uh, listeners, you've heard the official announcement of Dave Colmine as the next guest on When Bad Things Happen to Good People. You heard it here
1: first. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing that one.
2: <laughs> there you That'll go.
1: Be good. <laughs>
2: cool. Anyway, I'm gonna go back to uh, I'm hemming curtains, guys, and uh, I've been waiting for the podcast to go live. Just checked in, uh, so I wanted to say hello. Hello. And, uh, hey. You know, just add a, third, uh, add, add a third. to add a third male white uh, cis Canadian
1: voice. <laughs> you can never have too many of those, yeah, right? We, we didn't have <laughs>
2: enough diversity, so you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks, Dave. Uh Good luck with your coverage. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, peace out, guys. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I don't know. How do I disconnect him? I think you... have to disconnect him yeah, sure. Is that he... muting him? Just I'm
0: just him? I don't want to you, you. Dave, hang yeah. up. <laughs> so have you hung up? I don't know. Anyway, scissors are connected. <laughs> um Yeah, and I mean, he's totally right, but I, uh, I don't know. He's right and he's not right. I guess. I I
1: think. I okay. I think if it was, you know, us two cis white men, you know, mansplaining or trying to, yeah. tell people what the right thing is. Yeah, that's probably not <laughs> the best thing. Uh, but as you know, us coming into this with a genuine. Um, Uh, curiosity into the book and willingness to learn uh, and then us kind of explaining what we got out of it um, as our own personal experience and trying to just in general um, help spread that knowledge I I don't know I think it's a that's a fair game for us to do as as two white cis male I don't know yep and I, you know, for myself, I am absolutely trying
0: to um, honor the content of the book as best I can. I'm trying to, and I hope I, I have um, spoken of it truthfully and not misrepresented any of its ideas. Because, um, again, that's kind of what this is about. It's not, a, it's not about us talking about, really, it's not really us talking about, you know, is racism good? Is racism bad? Does racism exist? Does it not exist? It's us responding to a a book. It's us reading the book and we're responding to the book and we're saying, I think this book is a positive guide on how to navigate uh, racism in the world now. I do agree that it's important uh, to be actively anti-racist and not just non-racist. I don't think this book uh, should have been pulled from the schools where it was pulled, um, and I hope it gets back there uh, soon. Uh, I do think this is a book that that kids should be reading, um, and I think it's good that it's in schools. And I think even for um, you know those kids who come from homes where maybe racism is more the norm, uh, I think it's good to have teachers point out books like this. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily going so far as to say we're going to read this in the classroom, though I think there's a place for that as well. That's a different conversation. It gets a little muddier. But I do think you should at least have teachers who are saying, by the way, this book exists. Um, And if you want to read it, um, you can. And if you want to read it, if you want to take it home and read it, that's cool. If if for whatever reason you're in a situation where you don't feel like you can bring it home and want to read it at school, that's fine. Yeah, provide Um,
1: that space for them. Yeah.
0: And this comes down a lot to, you know, realizing... The name of the book, uh, the, the book is called, uh, this book is Anti-Racist um, by Tiffany Jewell. And uh,
1: yeah, what was I saying? Sorry. Oh. Uh, providing them like a oh. space to read it in the classroom. Yeah. The,
0: and there's a, yeah, the, the, the issue though is parents are obviously like, they want to be in charge of what their kid's learn and consume. And to an extent that that's obviously part of what their job is, but they also have to, I think, acknowledge that their, their kid is also an individual who is going to want to learn and pursue interests of their own. And so, for example, my daughter, um, is no longer really as fascinated by Marvel movies as she used to be, which means we don't get to go and check out the newest Marvel movie when it shows out up in the theater anymore unless it's something really cool. And, you know, that disappoints me as a pretty Marvel geeky dad. But I also don't want to be that dad who's going to be like, I'm going to make you come to this movie with me whether you want to or not. And I think we have to, you know, at the same time, you know, these parents are like, I don't want my, my kids thinking about racism in this way. I think if they want to, though, you need
1: to start letting them have that space. I think the, the problem with parents getting so up in arms about a book like this and and taking their, you know, basically their offense from this book and pushing it on to their kids, uh, I think the problem with that is you the child doesn't learn different than what the you know the parents are teaching them and so they're not open to a diverse world and they're not aware of some of the things that their families or their parents might be doing that are um, contributing to racism maybe not in an overt way but it's still keeping that the societal norms that we currently have that are racist it's keeping them going it's propagating them and so you're never going to have a better future for the global majority when the kids aren't learning that oh hey what we're doing right now isn't necessarily a good thing for everyone it's keeping you know the um what what did she call the the white people what was the term for them there was a global majority and then i don't know colonizers the, yeah sure <laughs> i don't know she had a term for them but it, you know it's 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 keeping that system running and I feel like the kids need to need to go into this with you know their open minds and not feel that everything that in the past is bad, but they do need to just be aware of what happened in the past and I think this is a great way of doing it, starting young so well, they don't have that guilt the The
0: flip side of that though is that there will be people who will try to say that like racism isn't a problem anymore um, I, I don't want my children to be fed this racism propaganda.
1: Um, and those are probably also the people that are like, I've got black friends. I've got a gay right, friend, yeah. right? Like that, just because having that doesn't make you not racist. That's
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> that these are the parents who are like, my my kids should not have access to this material. And, and it's those are the people that are resulting in these bannings. But I'm also I'm 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 advocating for children, and again, within we're talking within certain age ranges. I don't think this book is for three year olds. I don't think three year olds no, should be able yeah, to like say, "Dad, the concept, I'm reading whatever concept. the fuck I want." Um, but at, 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 as they grow up, and at certain ages, I think children should be allowed to 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 think for themselves and to pursue information on their own, in the same way that you know. There's many, many, many um, anti-vax people that go nuts at the idea that within a certain age range, their children can actually go to the doctor and get vaccinated without their permission. Um, Because to them, it's my body and my choice as long as it's their body. And as soon as it's their kid's body, they look at that as a body that they possess. This mm-hmm. body belongs to me. This body does not have the right to make its own decisions. And I think I think it does. And again, this is within certain age ranges, certain ages of responsibility, whatever. But at 10, I absolutely think that, that kids should be able to seek this book out and read it if they want to, regardless of what mom and dad
1: say. Yeah, I agree. Um, do we know how... Okay, so the whole thing from this book being banned uh, mm-hmm. in that article that uh, you had first found this, the teachers were kind of taping up their libraries and put, like putting the caution tape. Yeah. Do we know if that's still happening? Like I know there was some talk of reversing that. Um,
0: so yeah, I, I did not look have. into it before this episode. They probably should have just to get a final update. Um, the last thing I saw was that, the issue was there had to be a balance in the library of, of, of any subject. And so you couldn't have an anti-racist book without having a balancing some sort of racist, racist I I guess. guess. Um, The the example that somebody gave though, uh, was the idea of having a book opposed to the Holocaust and how you would then have to have a book in favor of the Holocaust. And the question being, what how do you even do that and they did within like the first week or so come back out and say like okay we realize that's dumb and makes no sense there's no opposing viewpoint in the holocaust uh to my knowledge they didn't come out and say there is no opposing viewpoint to anti-racism which is an interesting position to not take um but uh but maybe they did and i didn't catch it because like i said i didn't actually look it up before um for this, before this episode, because I was napping, I was tired today. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird day. Yeah, it's a weird it was...
0: day. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's most of what I have to talk about.
1: Yeah, I just overall, I think having this, you know, a conversation like this with your kids is a good thing. Like having that that conversation and that open dialogue of you know, what is racism, what are different races, you know, anything that basically shows your child that everyone is pretty much the same. And we've put weird labels on people just because of, you know, skin color, or, you know, where they're from in the world. Um, And this book is a really good aid in, in starting the the, you know, or bringing having that conversation with your child, with different activities that you can do together to kind of open your, your eyes and your mind and yeah, go forward from there and learn Yeah, and then make this world a better place. The other thing I think this book does fairly well. <clears throat> that's a
0: very thick egg dog. My throat is doing this <laughs> yes. right now. Um, another thing that this book does well is I think it's able to look at the past or encourage us to look at the past in a way that is, critical because a lot of the things that went down in the past were not cool, but in a way that can be done without necessarily having to feel personally bad or personally responsible because Mm -hmm. we weren't. None of us personally owned slaves. However, we are now living in a system that has led to wealth disparity between races because of slavery. So to an extent,
1: we are we're still benefiting we're still, from
0: we we are we are we have gotten some benefit yeah. from what happened in the past. We may not have been personally responsible, but we're in a position where there is some benefit from it. And and I, I think you can acknowledge that without having to also feel personally responsible. And I think that's also really important because there's a lot of the pushback against, you know, this kind of anti racism is people saying, like, you know, well, I never owned slaves or I never sent anyone to residential school, so why is it yeah. my fault? And it's like, Well, there is and in ingo- an ongoing systemic difference between these races as a result of these things that mm-hmm. happened in the past. So we do continue <laughs> to, um, to reap certain benefits. Um, but again, I think that's a benefit. That's, that's a thing this book does really well is, um, encourage thinking about things in mm-hmm. a way that's critical without being, um, needing to feel like you yourself are somehow personally responsible
1: yeah never felt like it was coming down on on me as a cis white male for creating all of these unfair systems that we live in today but it did open my eyes so i appreciate the book for that and i will continue to live my life with the knowledge that i've learned and i'll call people out when i need to i will call them in when it's required and yeah hopefully make things better for everybody. Worlds. Yeah. For everybody.
0: That's all but I'm not all trying about. to
1: save anyone. Like the book says I just want just to yeah. do my part.
0: I'd like to teach the world to see.
1: Sorry. What?
0: <laughs> I don't know that.
1: You don't know that? No. Oh my god. I'm so worried. is that like we are the
0: world? <laughs> well, A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, wrapping things up here. Um, I had heard that uh, uh, our or host in absence, Oren Barter was going to drop by tonight and maybe call in, but it doesn't look like he's made it, which makes me a little bit sad, but I'm sure he's probably very busy <clears throat> with stuff um, going on. Hopefully we can coordinate to get him back on the show sooner rather than later. Cause uh, we miss uh, the sultry sounds of your voice, Oren. Um, and uh, it'll be good to have you back. And as we mentioned earlier, coming up uh, on the next episode, uh, Dave and I will be covering of mice and men. Um, I started reading it before we started reading this book and uh, and I can confirm that there were both mice and men within the first few pages. So like it delivers on <laughs> the title accurate. very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no spoilers, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but yes, I can confirm that both mice and men uh, are present. So. so the
1: book is of them both.
0: Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I don't recall any grapes in The Grapes of Wrath. Mm. Uh, and if there were, I don't recall them being particularly wrathful. <laughs> so sometimes you, you can judge a book by its title and sometimes you can't, is what we need to learn here. And this <laughs> book uh, that we talked about today, this book is anti-racist, is definitely a book that you can judge by its title. It tells you what it is
1: right off the get-go and then it just continues to be that thing from beginning Although to end. Although we shouldn't judge this book because that's not really a good thing. kind of goes against
0: Kind. I, You know, I was thinking about the phrase, don't judge by, <laughs> a book by its cover, and I'm like, that's literally the whole job of a cover, is <laughs> yeah. to make you stop, <laughs> yeah. decide whether to pick up the book and look at it further or not. Like, you're literally supposed to judge the book. <laughs> yeah, That's its, what it's there to do. Otherwise, you would just have a black cover that said, you know, the book title. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not even the title, because that's going to help you judge it, too. It would just
1: say <laughs> just, book yeah, blank by page. author. Yeah, <laughs> book by author.
0: Um. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh I uh, as always, um if you wanna find out more about our other podcasts or check some of our past podcasts, you can do all of that on our website at blah blah That's blahblahblah media.com. There's also links there if you want to support us at sites like Patreon or send us money via buy me a coffee if you wanna you know send us a a beer or something. Um you don't have to, but obviously if you wanted to support us a little bit, we super appreciate it because you know there are some costs to making a podcast. Uh don't want to harp on that too much because obviously uh, if you don't want to you want to do it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um my name's Todd Sullivan. And I've been Carlos. Sia. Uh this has been When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Until we meet again, why don't you go read a fucking book?